Are you gay? Geeky? Just enjoy hearing your good Judy's dish about the latest in pop culture? Well, then you're in luck. The boys of Flame On are here for you. In every episode, we discuss the topics that entrance us. Whether it's comics, TV, movies, drag queens, or video games, we've got you covered. So, if you're ready for your gay and geeky slice of pop culture life, then sit back and get ready to Flame On! Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. going on everybody pat the bear here and we are back again oh lordy we are in the <laughs> dog days of summer where has this year gone it is now august and um it is just hot it just keeps getting hotter and hotter and i mean i moved back to a place where <laughs> it's not the gates of hell I, 11 and a half months of the year i need you to shut your hole sir because it is the devil's taint here, and I, I just, I can't, you can't get away. Like, unless you I mean, are in 100% air conditioning, you will not be comfortable. That's why my last, like, eight years there, seven years there, I I worked at a bar at night, and I didn't leave the house <laughs> during the day. I would literally pry the blinds apart enough to open the back door, let the dogs out, <laughs> close oh the blinds back up, and then uh, let them back in, you know? Like I, I kept that sun as far away from me as possible. Uh, and, you know, yesterday in Chicago, from uh, when we were recording this, it was a high of, I think, 72. <laughs> it, and it's back up to 80 today, which, I mean, you know, still is like a cooler day in Florida. But, you know, and then Burn. it was... The, this past Sunday was like the most humid day I think I've had in Chicago in the two plus years I've been up here now. And I was like, oh, God, this feels like Florida humidity because everybody else would be like, it's so humid out. And I walk outside <laughs> and I'm like, this is nothing. You could tell that people don't didn't live in Florida for 12 years. <laughs> when when winter comes, I hope your lips are chapped. I hope your skin is dry because it is as bad as bad as you think it could have been it like because honestly our last couple of summers uh past couple years they were bad but they were nowhere near this bad it is it is beyond oppressive and i'm just like i'm you know it's sad when you're happy when it's overcast all day and it doesn't rain so it's not steamy and it's just like yeah. it's the temperature that it says on your dashboard on your dash in your car and you're like this is wonderful and then i'm like no it's not it's still bad i mean that's that's one of the things about moving up here was when the rain comes in 
it usually like 90% of the time knocks the temperature down. Like that's how we'll get like big temperature drops mm -hmm. where in Florida it rains and it just becomes a sauna. Like the temperature doesn't move. You now just have like 3000% humidity in the air after the rain. Hot breath. Um, just hot breath on your face. But during the winter, I this is why I have humidifiers and I keep chapsticks. So all of those things don't bother me because it's the trade-off. It's the trade-off to not take a shower and then immediately take another shower in sweat as soon as I step out of the bathtub. So I, I have fully embraced. Uh, so behind me, actually, you can probably see you can see it. For those of you listening can't see it. Um, <laughs> but, but I have a I actually got a dehumidifier for the first time in my life. and. This bitch has to be emptied out every three days. And when I originally looked at the like the directions and everything, like in normal moisture, it should be emptied out every five to six days. And I'm like, nope, nope, nope. It's every three days, or the oh, it starts giving me an alarm that it's too full. Yeah, and I'm like, it's funny. This I because I was in Florida for twelve years, I'd never needed a. Uh, I dehumidifiers. Yes, uh, we eventually had one at the Palatial Rosevere Estate. But I that was all like I never I never thought of anything else. And then I moved to Chicago and as an adult being back in cold weather climates during the winter, I realized that, oh, shit, humidifiers are a thing that are needed because as soon as that heat, uh, <laughs> the the what is it forced uh, central air and forced heat because I have all central uh, central HVAC. Um, that first winter I was up here in 2020, I was like, holy shit, I am so dry right now. My <laughs> sinuses, my skin, my life, like it was just horrible. And I was like, okay, humidifier for the bedroom, humidifier for the living room, and just constantly filling that bad boy up with water. Like I would just make sure that I went through and I was like, just let's just see all this this mist into the air moisturize me <laughs> moisturize, moisturize me, me. Moisturize me. <laughs> oh my god well for those of you who uh have been listening for the last two minutes of us <laughs> talking about this bj is on the podcast with me today and actually oh, yeah. will be oh yeah <laughs> say hello <laughs> <laughs> just talk right through that one but bj <laughs> is here and we'll be um, giving us the topic. We are doing a, uh, if you did not read the title of this episode, it's a, now that's what I call gay life episode. Normally we dive into uh, some intriguing and interesting topics that are usually a little more personal in nature. And uh, we haven't really done, I think we might've done one since uh, Josh was on the show with us. Um, oh, we've done, usually, I think we did like we've done like two or three since since Josh. Very few because Josh is always lot. that buffer. Yeah, because <laughs> usually, like, I never like to be the focus of any of those like really deeply personal <laughs> ones. Um, for and then you know having one of our other co-hosts on is awkward for those deeply personal ones <laughs> because we are deeply personal in our history. I've been, uh, I've been, I've been trying to put together like a B team for like, cause like the ones I've done have been very like social constructy, like, you know, TV shows like that have kind of, that kind of bridged us into being gay and like clubs and bars and stuff. But like, 
I haven't I haven't even scratched like the surface of like the really deep ones that I'm like nobody's gonna feel comfortable doing this. <laughs> I'm like so I have to find people. <laughs> yeah. So and 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 one of our fellow co-hosts will uh, has basically just from the jump and like nope these aren't mine and I'm like that's one of the things that's a good thing about this show is that we we have very different we have a lot of very many overlapping uh sense of um well how do i phrase this uh sensibilities like our our topics and things that we we like talking about but we also diverge in a lot on a lot of different topics yeah and every so often it's nice to be able to you know, have a couple of us break off and do some of these types of shows. And like when it was you, me and Josh doing a lot of these, you know, they, they dove into a whole different uh, realm of what we discuss on the show and what we talk about, which is great. And I, uh, you know, and, and for the, the members of the show who aren't, you know, that's not their jam. That's not what they want to, you know, they want to uh, put out there into the world. Like that's fine. Yeah. And, and it gives us, a, you know, some other stuff to talk about, which, you know, and and even if we start doing some of these little offshoots, like doing the root caps, like as much as I love talking with all of you guys about Drag Race, and you know, it it, it felt <laughs> it felt right to do kind of a pit stop esque version mm-hmm. and bring on all these new voices, and it's a very pop culture happy hour in, in the last couple of years where there's the core cast, but they'll some they'll do topics that you know they'll bring one member of like the core cast will be the lead person. And then it'll just be, you know, like two other people that want to talk about that topic. So, yeah, you know, when we do those types of things, it's great. And, you know, if you, you grab a couple of people that want to, you know, dive into some more of these deeply personal or, or different style topics, you know, we, we may start to see that more in the, uh, in the feed. So we were uh, putting together, this is actually, kind of an odd space when it comes down to it we put out a lot of content over the last uh 10 weeks roughly with the recaps being a weekly thing then uh so that was a weekly endeavor for 11 weeks that i was putting out weekly content when i didn't have to do one this week i was thrilled uh, because it's a little bit of a break um not that i didn't love talking about drag race Uh, you know all-star seven even though it had a very odd uh, trajectory at the ending, it was still a great season with a lot of really great queens. And that was yeah. fantastic to talk about. But then July also had an additional Friday. So normally we double up our micros at the beginning of the month and then do the the roundup at the end. But it was also our 300th episode. Um, I think like this is episode, I think, 306, you know, after that. So... We're, we're, we're pumping out the content on yeah. the main feed and um, some stuff has been, has come up and, and things have changed in my life. So I'm going to um, really take a focus and, and really get our Patreon stuff sorted out. So for those of you listening that are our patrons that have stuck by us and have realized that we're a little, a lot behind on, <laughs> on our stuff. I appreciate you so much for for sticking around and, and still supporting us, and we will be getting uh, we'll be getting that caught up. We'll be getting your your nuggies updated. Um, we may need to figure out something for those sip of teas. Um, yeah, why so spicy? will be getting updated. All of that's going to be really that. That's my focus over the next two weeks is really just getting us um, 
caught up on that and and i have some extra time now to be able to focus on uh the patreon side of everything and we may make some changes because oral is uh i I actually saw oral a couple of weeks ago for those uh podcast listeners uh go back with us to the oral days um he's doing amazingly well and loving his new life in the skies and he looked great i had a blast seeing him for the short layover that he had here in Chicago. Um, But it's also really difficult at this point in time to get those. It was always difficult to get the sip of tea (laughs) with orals done (laughs) because he always like, you know, that boy was always grinding and, you know, working as much as he could. But now with him being in a new city, uh, you know, no sleep, another club, another club, a bus, a train, a plane, <laughs> you know, like now that he's on the move so much, it, it's really difficult. So we may be adjusting that, um, but we will get you all that content. That is, this has been a long intro into this whole <laughs> this whole thing. I mean, it's, like it's 10 it's minutes good. of chatting. It's always good. To, I was going to say that it's needed. You got to update. You got to update because honestly, every every other podcast that i listen to they go through this this time where they're like hey guys sorry we're i know we're late like there's tons of changes cast has changed people are moving and like it, it's 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 the thing i like about podcasts because the thing when i first started listening to podcasts before i was even on one i was like I was like, this seems kind of processed. And then afterwards I was like, holy shit, these are people. This is, these are before, like before the episode starts, I'm like, no, that's a person like explaining to you that, Hey, I'm not an actual like mega million dollar producer. And I don't have people to like do this shit for me when I can't do it. So no, it's, you need these, you need these long intros to kind of like sort things out before you get to the nitty gritty. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, you know, this has always been a labor of love. Um, this podcast doesn't bring in thousands upon thousands of dollars for <laughs> us. You know, really the only money that we make is um, what our, our gracious patrons uh, pledge over on Patreon. And, um, you know, when we did the switch over for the different levels and, you know, as people have adjusted, you know, adjusting up and down, depending on their circumstances. And if somebody stops uh being a patron for whatever reason you know we understand that but but really you know we don't have we're not a sibling rivalry we're not um you know willem with uh you know the the race chaser kind of funnel of you know fans over to the patreon to willem's patreon where we're just you know inundated with with all of these followers and and all these people you know pouring money into into the show we we really we we just do this when we have time and we make time. I make us make time. <laughs> to do this. It's it's but... funny. I definitely sit by the chat group a lot a lot more than like I let on because I think nine times out of ten, whenever you're like, when are we recording? I'm like the first one to be like, I'm free these days. I'm like, these are my time. I'm usually like a little bit i'm like i feel like when i go back and reread the chat i'm like man i clearly have nothing going on do i <laughs> i mean i'm the same way i hate notifications lingering so if i see a, a message i'll i'll either have to swipe it completely away so that way it takes the <laughs> notification away but then if i do that i forget to respond um but i i i'm usually like okay yeah let's let's chat usually it's 
the only time I really don't is when when we send links back and forth. Like that's the only time that it's usually a little, you know, sometimes not as as quick. But <laughs> um, but yeah, but we're gonna get caught up on all of that. There, there have been some major life changes um, going on, at least on my end. Um, and uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna make sure that we get caught up. I will I will make sure that we get caught up on everything. I know there is a lot to get caught up on. We're gonna have to do some uh, some mega recording sessions. Like, let's get our fifteen minute Nookie, uh, <laughs> Nookie topics. I mean, honestly, <laughs> we're gonna be timing that shit. Honestly, the intro for this episode could be could be a Nookie. It's own Nookie. <laughs> just, just a a Nookie, so that way everybody knows like stuff's coming. Right. <laughs> See, we just, right. We just did it. We just we just made it happen. There you go. Well, that is that is a little bit about what's going on and a little intro of, you know, weather. <laughs> we've talked weather, we've talked Patreon updates, we've talked updates on oral. Um, but let's dive into the topic at hand. Uh, I already kind of uh, gave away the lead and I mean, the, the episode title will be there as well. But this is a uh, now that's what I call gay life episode. So BJ, I'm going to hand it off to you to tell the listeners what we are going to be discussing, and um, let's get a chatting. Well, back in my day, homosexuals. Uh, so yeah, so <laughs> so I I was thinking about this a while ago because um, I know we we've we've chatted about how bars have have changed and how they have to kind of evolve. But it was funny because uh, one of one a mutual friend of ours, um, Mister Mister Mike, I always I always ask him. I'm like, "How old are you?" And he's like, "How dare you? How very dare you, sir?" And I'm like, "Bitch, everybody wants a daddy now. So what? Why is that a problem?" And it was funny because I was like, "Oh my god, that used to be a problem. That used to be something like." Like your gay life was over when you turned twenty eight or thirty, and but but that number has gradually moved back. Like now, now your gay life is just getting started at like forty. Um, so it's <laughs> and Pat, Pat just made a face, and I'm like, but like we've kind of been programmed to be like, oh my god, my life is over, and I'm like, I'm like, I've got a friend that's just like on his fifth long term relationship, and like might get engaged but he's pushing 48 and it's just like like i'm i'm here this is my life now so it's just one of those things where i just wanted to like i realize expectations for gay people are all over the fucking place when we're we're not directly under attack from (laughs) from the republicans or you know just crazy people in general you know sometimes we're under attack from our own community and from ourselves. And it's just one of those things to kind of do a check-in and be like, like, do I even care if I'm getting older? Like, you know, am I excited to get older? Do I kind of wish I was younger? I mean, everybody generally kind of wishes they were younger so they can make better decisions, but I don't know. I think honestly, I'm to a point to where I kind of like where I am right now. So, I mean, I definitely want more, but so Pat, I have to ask, when you when you were a baby gay, how much did it weigh on your mind? When you like like were you like oh my god I I'm I'm 22 I need to I need to have my husband in in the Hamptons and my children at my feet by now or were you just like just trying to survive your gay life when you were like in your early 20s? I think I was just trying to 
survive what was going on. Um, I am uh, a child born in the early 80s that <laughs> lived in New number. York going into the new millennium. So I, I, my, let's see. I don't even think I had started going to, no, because I, I had started, my first boyfriend, I was only 19 when we met. Let me see. Hold on. Let me do the math. Uh, yes. I was, I, I was a month out from turning 20. Um, so I hadn't even started going to bars. I had not, like, I didn't have a gay life. My gay life was chatting with randos on um, AOL. Like, that was that was just kind of how, how it was, you know, doing the whole ASL and, you know, at <laughs> 17, going to hook up with 28-year-olds because, you know, nothing says underage sex like, you know, internet hookups. <laughs> Um, for for those of you, you know, youngins, ASL is age, sex, and location. Just so yeah, you know. I mean, it could have been worse. I could have said A slash S slash L <laughs> question mark. Um, but when I started talking to Chris, I'm not even gonna like negate the names. <laughs> no, no big names here. I don't think anybody would be able to go with that far back and track it all down. Um, oh, there's there's homosexuals out there with computers. I'm sure y'all can track it down. I don't know. Chris is Chris is a pretty common name, especially for that time frame. Yeah. Um, but we met online and I it's like like I said, it was September of two thousand and one. And um I was a nineteen year old, essentially closeted kid from from Long Island, and we met. And we started like we we went the uh, stereotypical lesbian route, and we're dating within like a matter of days. <laughs> um, but two days after we started dating, was nine eleven, uh... and he worked at the towers, and he was at my house the night before, and. I convinced him not to go to work the next day. Like, no, really? Yeah. Oh, you don't know the story, huh? No. Um, Holy yeah. Shit. That's... So my dad worked across the street from the towers on water street and was at work that day. Um, and had to walk from Manhattan back to long Island. Um, because he couldn't get out of out of the city, but he's fine. Like you know, he he made it out without a problem. Um, but yeah, my first boyfriend worked for Deutsche Bank um, at the top of Tower Two. Oh my god! And was uh, was still closeted. Just hey, mom, this is my friend Chris. We're gonna go hang out in my room. Bye. Um, and we were just <laughs> we were hanging out on September tenth. We literally had it like made it official, like. Like when I say we 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 do the stereotypical lesbian thing, like we met on the fifth and we were uh, like dating, like we made it official on the ninth, like hey, be my boyfriend, and was at my house on the tenth, and his uh, his brother and sister in law and niece were flying in from out of state the next morning, and he's like, I just don't want to go to work, and I was like, well then just call out, 
you know, like, and this is me, 19 year old me who <laughs> never called out. Like I didn't call out because, you know, bitch was living at home and needed money. Like I just, I wanted to have, I like, have money and I never did like, and I was like, Oh yeah, just call out. Lend your, lend your parents the car, your car. Cause it's bigger and go like have them go pick up your, you know, your brother and sister-in-law and the baby. Like you should do that. And then the next morning I got up and got myself ready for work and put on a, uh, I forget what, I forget whatever CD I was listening to drove myself over to McDonald's to get breakfast. And it was, it was Tuesday, September 11th. The glitter soundtrack was, was out that morning. So oh my God. When, yeah. When I tell you, I remember this shit. <laughs> um, and I went to, uh, I went to McDonald's and that was the point where like I flipped over from the CD to uh, the radio and the Stern was on and I wasn't really paying attention to it, but that was when Stern was reporting about like what was going on. And I drove across the street to Target, bought glitter and um, got in my car and then got back in and turned the radio on. And that was the point where I th- the first tower had been hit, but the... Um, do you remember the whole thing where Bush was reading to kids in the classroom? Yeah. And he, and, the, and he one of his staff came in and told him what happened. Literally, that was what was being reported when I got back in the car was about that. And I still did not process what was going on like at all. And I got to work and that's when I found out what had happened. And I was freaking the fuck out because, you know, this is like early day. Like, this is 2001. Like, this isn't... Yeah. The the we're not we weren't as instantly connected. We were still connected, but not as yeah, but nowhere near deeply like entrenched. Yeah, like essentially, you could just think about somebody and they're getting that message, you know. At, at this point, yeah. And um, I eventually got a hold of him, and he he had called out that morning. So, in in my early life, and you know, it, it was a super toxic relationship. I I literally look back on it, and I, I've been unpacking a lot of trauma from that you know mm-hmm. with last year being the 20th anniversary of of 9-11 and and all that there there's a lot that i haven't really unpacked from it but going back to being a 19 20 21 year old in those couple of years with with my first boyfriend we were on and off um i i look back and i i can sit, seriously sit there and say it was just it was a toxic relationship um, that just went on for way too long, and we both let it. Uh, both of us played a really bad part in in why it was so toxic, but that's for a whole different uh, therapy podcast to break down. But I, I wasn't worried about like the the American dream of you know uh, having having a spouse and a, a house with a white picket fence, and I mean that is very much the Long Island American dream. Mm-hmm. Um, looking back 20 years on, I look at how, how warped the, that bubble is. And, you know, we always talk about how like New York is, New York gets tagged for being this, you know, liberal coastal elites, like Haven. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. And p- parts of it are Manhattan has millions upon millions of people on the Island of Manhattan. But you break down into the other islands, Staten Island, Long Island. It is so ridiculously um, Republican, um, conservative, 
closed-minded, racist. Uh, and and I mean, my family's there. Like, and I I love my family, but it, it's it's very it's very 1950s America. What in in the mindset of it all, and it it wasn't it was never something where I sat there and was like, this is what I'm. This is what my dream is. Mind you, I also haven't had a lot of relationships, so there is a romanticized version of of life that mm-hmm. I've had for a long time. But it hasn't necessarily been something that I I really ever thought could happen. You know, I before I moved, Josh and I had this conversation, and I've literally only had when it comes down to like real actual relationships, I could probably count them on one hand. You know, from the time yeah. from my first boyfriend at nineteen to me being a you know forty almost forty one year old. I've had less than a handful of relationships. Um, the only one that I, I thought could have been, you know, that whole fantasy of everything mm. was the last one. And that did not end well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I don't, I don't, I don't know, you know, thinking back to what you were what you were saying in kind of teeing up the the topic. Youth is wasted on us because <laughs> we don't know what's ahead. Yeah. But when we look back, you know, do is there a part of me that wishes I could redo things with the knowledge I have now? Yeah. Yeah. Because I think it would, you know, I I would like to have less difficulties. In life, I would I would like to be able to make better choices for myself. Um, but I also look at, <laughs> for the most part, where I'm at in my life, and I go, the people that I'm friends with, the people that I I've chosen to be my family, the people that you know, the things that I've done. Would I would I trade that? Would I trade that away? Because that's not the me that would probably come out of all of this if I went back and I changed everything. It And it's scary to think that like you think about, you think about like, you think about like, even if it's just a small change, like something could have, you could like, if you could change anything, the, the ripple effect of that, you might not have ever moved to Florida. You might still, you might've never left New York. It's just one of those things where it's, it's a little bit, it's a little bit creepy to think about, because like like and it's one of those things where you are living the the meat suit and skeleton that you are piloting right now you are that is the result of your choices consequences and just how you've experienced life so it's one of those things to like when you like like when you talk about like fantasizing because that's really a lot of people don't understand that when you think about where you want to be like, you know, you most people know kind of like, oh, I need to work harder or I need to make more money. Like, you know, the basics of how to get to that idealized version of like your older self. But then you think about like, it's it, it, there's it's not just a set path. Like, it's not just like, oh, if I do this and I'll, and I was going to say definitely you and me in our generations, like we've definitely been told you do this, you get this, you do this, you get this. But now we're, we're at a massive crossroads right now. We're like, nothing is what 
our parents thought it was going to be. Nothing is any what anybody thought it was going to be. And that's one of those things where you add that layer of like, you know, I'm I'm gay dead at 30. Oh, no. And it's like, that's, <laughs> we're, we're dealing with a lot of shattering of norms right now. So it's one of those things where a lot of, a lot of, I was going to say your generation X, I'm an, I'm an elder millennial. Technically not. I'm technically a millennial. Oh, so you're an, you're an elder millennial like me. So it's, I'm, it's, I'm a geriatric millennial. Yes. <laughs> you, I, I mean, you... I have some, I have some years on you on that, but yes, <laughs> I, you know, and it's weird because like my, so I'm born in 81 and I'm in a, like 78 to 82 kind of is this weird transitional. And th- and that's why it's so difficult when you talk about the, um, the generations because mm-hmm. there it's not black and white on on how all this goes because there is that carryover because I very much am a Gen X in a lot of ways mm-hmm. you know how I was raised like the the core values of what like the Gen X grew up with that's what I grew up with but from the standpoint I'm also one of the early adopters of the internet and technology so I, I've always loved, there was an article that I read that, that classified 78 to 82 as the Oregon Trail generation um, because it encompassed so much of Gen X, but then the early aspects of what, what are considered millennials. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, but I'm, I'm, I'm definitely, yeah, the geriatric millennial, which <laughs> I, elder millennial, geriatric millennial, I hate it all. <laughs> I remember the um, landline. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. but yeah, so, so it's, it's, it's super, it, it's weird because it, you, like you, so with me, it was funny because I like, so the way my family operates is they will never, they will literally, the sky will open up. Cthulhu will be munching on people and like my mom will be like, everything's fine. Like I need to go buy, buy bananas for banana bread. And I'm like, no, no, that's not how things work. Um, So it's one of those things where I was, it was, it was drilled into me so much that it's like, you go to college, you meet somebody, you get married, you have babies. And it was one of those things where it was just, it was drilled in and any deviation from that track was like, it was met with like abject fear and terror. Um, I ruined Thanksgiving once by saying I I was thinking about um, uh, becoming an internal affairs uh, member of the police department in Atlanta. And like that ruined Thanksgiving for everybody for like the next 10 years. Um, And so it was one of those things where, I get to college, like in high school, I was pretty aware that I was gay, but I was like, nope, we're just going to put this in a little box and we're going to put that box in a box and then we'll mail it to ourselves when we're 28. Um, And it was one of those things where like most of my close for all my close friends were really, really gentle with me on it, which was great. That was, that was, I would honestly, that was one of the things that I always look back and I'm like still friends with those people now. Um, and a lot of them ended up being queer. So, haha. Um, but it was one of those things where, like, I had this idea, like, literally, it was on a train, it was on a train track. It, so, like, I get to college, and I'm like, uh-oh. Oh, no. Here we go. I'm definitely gay. This isn't good. Um, and, and it, but then on top, so it, it, it went like, oh, I'm gay. 
oh, I'm a furry. I'm like, I don't know anybody that like has a 401k that's gay and a furry. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't have any like mentors. And then I meet two mentors and both of them are, are Republican. And I'm like. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online you'll experience the all-new Cerebral Way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm like, you guys can only take me so far. <laughs> so it was, it was, I was hitting a lot of walls. And I honestly didn't even think about like then and and then it's like I'm 28 and I'm still trying to get a handle on how do you even date. And I'm I think I was frequently I was in Tallahassee at the time and there were two gay bars that I would go to see the same people chit chat, whatever. Um, And it was one of those things I want to say it was around the time I was getting close to graduating college. I was like, oh, my God. Like, what do I do? And by that point, I had been supporting myself um, pretty, pretty regularly. Like I would, I had like, I had a buffer of safety from my mom. But other than that, that was it. Like, I had no other help. I was paying my own rent um, late all the time, but I was paying it. Um, I had a job, I had a, a job paying minimum wage with the USDA. And then they hired me as a consultant for one more year after I graduated and it was there it was just this weird realization i want to say 2006 2007 that i'm never going to have that future life so i had to mourn it and then on top of mourning that i had to be like wait am i gay dead at 30 i'm like what the fuck do i do now and it was and it was weird because like i said the only gay people i had been exposed to like they had their lives together, but it wasn't like, like, I think I only knew two couples that were pretty much ironclad. Um, one I had, I had gone to their wedding. The other ones were try, were just hemming and hawing and getting married. And they finally did when it was legalized, but it was one of those things where it was like, I had no concept of like what, what being older and gay was other than like, the guy, the old guys at the bar that owned a home, but they were like still going to the bar in their like seventies. And I was like, 
know. <laughs> like, I don't know how I feel about this, but like, that's what you do when you're gay and past your prime when you turn 30. And it was just, it was, it was a weird panic. And then in the middle of all that, I had moved down here. I, I knew, I knew three people. I had just met you. I knew, I went to like the, the nefarious coffee group that I recently found out that people on the other side of the country heard about. Um, and I wasn't fitting in very well. And I just, I lucked the fuck out with my friends, Mike and Lauren, who were just like, no, they're all weird. They're just acting like they're not. And it was, and it was just one of those things where I was like, yeah, I haven't been around more than four gay people as friends. So like now at this point in my life, most of my friends are gay or queer or like some flavor of queer. Um, it's all relative now. So, and it's so funny because I don't think, I think my idealized version of like what it means to be gay and older, it's pretty much like turned to dust and burned down because it's like for any young people listening or young-ish people listening, it's all, it's all fake. It's all, it's all smoke and mirrors. Nobody, people know how to put their life together in the way that works for them. Nobody can put their life together for you or nobody can put your life to get your future together for you. Only you can make your own future. And that even means if you're, if you're a couple, like I know plenty of couples who have their own thing going and they will build their own future. And if their partner wants to come along, awesome. If not, they've got to work on some shit. So it's, it's one of those things. And it's, and it's never, and for me, it was never a gentle journey. I'm literally driving down the road listening to like Madonna's holiday. And I'm like, I'm going to have to adopt children if I want children. That's not legal in every state. And then the, then the dominoes start to fall and you're like, ah, like pulling on the side of the road and listening to every rose has its thorns while you're crying. <laughs> and, and I was 27 and I'm like, why am I already going through a midlife crisis? <laughs> So it's 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 definitely weird. So I would have to say my idealized version right now is to just buy a house. Maybe maybe Jane's still kicking, um, or maybe I've gotten uh, the canine. There's a canine job I've been thirsting after for a really long time. It's supposed to open, but it's a government job, and Lord knows that could be five six years from now. But ideally, I would love to be doing that job in Georgia with my own place with my dog preferably Jane. If not, you know, I'll be working as Canon Handler. There's, or one of the beagles that's now up for adoption <laughs> of the thousand beagles that are out there for adoption right now, you know, with the dog and, you know, maybe, maybe kind of having a much more intimate relationship with my family because like, it's kind of touch and go. I love a handful of them. The other ones, you know, y'all, y'all are kind of bitches. If, if I send y'all episodes, I know y'all listen sometimes. So just saying (laughs) some of y'all are shits. Um, so, you know, it's one of those things where I had to go from this grandiose, like it went from, it went from wife, kids, like 2.5 kids, pet in the house to like me and my husband, like, Owning, owning a pet store. I don't know. It was weird. Owning a pet store by the time we're 35 and settling down, never, never to go to another bar or strip club or sex club ever again to now I'm like, I'm 48 
and me and me me and my two husbands are going to the bathhouse and then afterwards we afterwards we get euros so it's 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 very at least fluid it's afterwards. now yeah and at least, i'm like, at least and, it's after and really the only thing the only thing i mean as of right now i'm like i'm like i mean i can live that life now but like Share, sharing that with somebody in the future would be awesome, but at the same time, my future is no longer tethered to like having a husband, or you know, it's yeah. more tethered towards like personal growth than it is, you know, that stereotypical like you go from wife to husband and you ju- you literally just like cut out wife, put husband, and you're like, I'm gay in thirty, and now I'm done. Like, no, so yeah, it's it's it's, it's definitely. So what would what would your idealized like let's say well, 10 well, 15 years from jump, now. Oh wait. Before I even talk about that, I actually want to circle back to something you were talking about where um you had said that you know you had two like couple friends that you had early on and and you know having kind of like those mentors. You know, I never had that, which is it's very difficult and um one of the things that I always kind of thought about like literally when I when I came out I had my first boyfriend and that was about it. I think he was the only other gay in my life. And it was very much like every, like everything else was centered around like the, I had a couple of friends, but they were all straight. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know where, where, where they are on any spectrums right now because I don't keep in touch with anybody. Um, honestly, like when I came to Florida, everything changed. Like I, I kind of lost my entire previous life because a lot of my life in New York was centered around a lot of straights. I had a couple of gay friends. I eventually made a couple of gay friends, but I didn't have really close like mentor ish relationships with anybody. Mm-hmm. So I kind of, because by that point, by the time that I became friends with them, I was now creeping up into my mid twenties. And at that point you're kind of out of that mid, like that mentorish stage because yeah. you're in your mid twenties, people just kind of feel like, Oh, well, you know, you know, you know how to <laughs> you know maneuver through life. <laughs> and it's like, no, I don't. I've, you know, I barely know anything <laughs> right now. And, um, you know, have, have a couple of friends and I'm kind of like, whatever. And like, I had one really good friend, um, who, who unfortunately, because of some stuff that I did and, and, and ways that I acted in the past, like we're not friends anymore. And that's one of the only real friendships that carried over into Florida and ended up losing that. And, and that was, that was on me. Um, and one day I'll figure out a way to be able to, to make amends for that in my life. But, mm-hmm. um, but then I got to Florida and it still was like, I, I don't really, I didn't didn't really have any couple friends, didn't have any way to get to know like how to date or how to uh, like adjust or handle situations like that. So I just kind of had to do my own thing. And it's funny because I still don't know a lot of shit like in life. And, and, you know, I look at it and say, how would my life be different if I had a mentor or I had somebody that I could sit and talk to? And mm-hmm. ask questions about about things in life, and then I look at like drag families, and I sit there and I go, "These houses are a lot of that." You know, if if you've watched Pose, mm-hmm. you get to see 
a fictionalized yet pretty accurate depiction of what you know these these ball houses were like which you know became the the blueprint for um like drag houses in, in essence outside of the ballroom culture and there was all there was that mentorship there was that guidance that that being able to fall back and re- rely on being able to ask questions or talk to somebody that was your family that wasn't your actual you know blood family because some sometimes it's hard to hear but sometimes your family isn't the be all and end all and exactly. your chosen family can be that much more of a powerful bond and role in your life and sometimes you need that and there was actually a point where as silly as it would sound because i i yes i've dabbled in drag but that's not a thing that i do all the time that's not my life Mm -hmm. so to form a a quote-unquote house wouldn't didn't feel right didn't feel like it fit it felt not not to say appropriating it because it's still queer culture but it felt like this very odd thing to do. And it, like, there was it, a little part of me that yeah, wanted to it, create a little den and be a mama bear yeah. to, you know, younger, you know, younger people that, that need that, that connection and try to be even, even, even if I don't have all the answers to try to be that for somebody else. And it never, it really never happened. And then I, I will say this, I was walking Havoc. I think it was just walking Havoc. I might have had Alice with I had Alice with me too the first time. And I ran into this guy walking here in Chicago. And he was walking his uh, little golden doodle. Which should have been my, my first instinct to know that he was a homosexual. But <laughs> I'm a gay of a certain age. We don't assume because we don't want to get beat up and killed. <laughs> um, yep. There's elder millennial gays that we're always cautious mm-hmm. about that shit. Yep. Yep, the X's and the elder millennials are, we're all just like, I mean, you could be sucking my dick and I'd still be like, I'm not sure. <laughs> but I, I, you know, struck up a conversation and then he said something and I was like, oh, so you're family. And he's like, what? And I was like, you're gay. And he's like, yeah. And he's like, oh, he's like, yeah, I was talking, I was talking to this older guy at the bar and he said that, and I, I didn't know what it meant. And I was like, oh dear God, <laughs> <laughs> which is the first part where I, that was when I felt my back go out and I was like, oh, I'll get my walking stick youngin. But, but then I mentioned something like, we, you know, we're still talking, we're still talking. And I said something about the hanky code and he had no idea what it was. And I was like, well, oh. it was the system of being able to, you know, signal to other gay men what your your kinks and your fetishes were and he's like why can't you just check out his you know scruff profile and i was like because it was the 80s <laughs> <laughs> like, we didn't have that back in the day now you can just go find them on, on the apps and you know, read all their kinks right there but it's so crazy how how the the younger generation looks at everything and, it, and there's so much information that's just readily available mm-hmm. to them that a lot of, in a lot of ways, houses and, and things like that don't hold the same weight to some of them. Yeah. There are still, you know, and, and it's predominantly, you know, queer, um, BIPOC communities that, that that's a little bit more prevalent because the, the networking and the resources aren't, aren't as strong, um, 
especially when it comes down to the the biological you know family standpoint um mm-hmm. so i i i sit there and i go i how would my life have been different if i had had you know some more people to be able to help guide me and and, and put me on the right path and i i kind of just churn through friendships until god this point almost 15 years ago maybe a little less than that when i ended up hanging out with and liking a dude because you know i as soon as i meet somebody i'm like they're cute i like them and you know then it doesn't work out and it just becomes whatever and that person ended up becoming my best friend and then from there i started to build out and actually finally build my own family Mm-hmm. And I was able to build out what I consider to be the most important people in my life right now. So it's it's kind of crazy to see like like the progression of how my life is shaped up because of that. And and yeah, the the butterfly effect of if I knew if I knew what I knew now and I went back in time, essentially I would change one thing and that would just destroy everything else because my uh-huh. entire trajectory would be different. But now circling back out of that, I, I wanted to go to that because <laughs> I, when you were talking about it, it, it just struck such a chord with me. Um, but yeah, the ideal, the ideal is weird for me. I don't necessarily have an ideal. Um, I don't necessarily need a, you know, a husband, a white picket fence, adopted kids and all of that like i'm actually i'm actually a-okay with not having kids to take care of um you know i at this point i know that the the bloodline doesn't stop with me which is always the thing that you know parents are like <laughs> keep the bloodline going like do we really like have you seen our bloodline does it need to i said the <laughs> same my mom was like when well, i was talking about adoption when i was younger when i was like coming to grips with like i make a no baby with a lady and it, and i was like i was like oh i think i might adopt and my mom was like you don't want to pass on my genes and i'm like the genes for what alcoholism depression and allergies What's so? I was like, tell me, Gail, what's so special about our genes? This is when I first started calling her Gail. I was like, you, <laughs> you tell me what about our genes? Like other, I was like, other than your looks, I was like, you, you look great. I'm not gonna lie, we, we, we age gracefully, but other than that, what, what you got? And she just stares at me, and I'm like, I'm like, is that something Granny told you to say? I feel like that's something Granny told you to say. That's not a thing you wanted to say. <laughs> Like at that point, I'd have been like, um, "You can leave your best pair of Levi's to me in your will, and I will pass those genes on to somebody <laughs> because it ain't going to be our genetics to a, a child, <laughs> right?" You know, and for a long time, for for the first eleven ish years of my life, I was an only mm. child. So literally, a my my lineage, my bloodline would have stopped with me. At that, like with that that mindset, which I didn't, I didn't give a shit about. That wasn't my, that's not my concern. Yeah. But then, uh, you know, I also now have a, uh, a half brother and a full blood sister that are six months apart. Y'all do the math and figure all that out. 
Um, <laughs> same father. And uh, <laughs> and I have a half-sister who's younger. So, yes, I know the name. You know, when the girls get married, they change their names. And it's not the same. I don't, whatever. I don't give a shit. But there are now three other other uh, sires from my father that um, that that could that can pass the the, the genes on down the line. Mm-hmm. I I don't I don't know I don't I don't know what that's going to look like. Whatever, that's fine. Um, that burden is off my shoulders. But I. There's always going to be a romanticized notion in my head about wanting to be with someone that makes me happy and I make them happy. Um, and that's really, that's really, that's really the goal at this point. There's no, I don't, I don't look at it any other way anymore. I look at it as I want someone to be a part of my life that is going to make me happy and that I'm going to make them happy. And whatever path we choose to travel together, whether that's the two of us, whether that's, you know, I, I haven't dabbled into any, any poly stuff, whether it's just whatever, like, I, I don't know. Um, but I'm, I'm, learning and i'm trying to be open and communicative and that's been an issue that i've had in my life for a long time um that that caused a lot of issues in in a lot of different aspects of my life so when when i i when i think about the future i don't put a lot of i don't put a lot of concretes or solids onto anything i really try to just take it from the standpoint of am i going to be happy and there's still a lot of work i need to do on making myself happy with myself Mm -hmm. um because that's a challenge every day and if there's going to be somebody else involved then they need to be happy with themselves as well. And we need to work together to do what we can to make each other happy. And I know that sounds very, very sappy and, and wishy-washy and, and no. not very, uh, very ethereal in, in kind no. of the scope of it. But, but it's, it's my last breakup shook everything in, in, in my world to the foundation. And those who were around through everything know more of the details and know like what changed and how that changed my life. But I also walked out of it alive, you know, and, and, and that's not to say like, you know, that there was a threat of violence, but you know, when your world gets shaken that badly, you, some people don't aren't can't handle it and don't and and don't know how to get out from underneath the rubble. And it wasn't easy. 
it wasn't something that I I just walked away from the next day and was like, okay, let's let's carry on with life. But I also walked away looking at myself because there I had to I had to take a step back and and look at everything because there's no vilifying and there's no putting the blame solely on one set of shoulders. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of blame that's put on other shoulders because of choices that were made. But I had to step back and say, what did I do? What were the things that I didn't did and did not do to make a better situation or to figure out what, what was going on? or what I could have done differently. And in doing that, it also made me stop and and look at what things I needed to work on in myself. Communication, uh, you know, opening up, what are the things that I need, being being able to listen and and have conversations like that. And that was that was the biggest thing that came out of everything and and the thing that I took and I'm, I'm trying to work on, I, you know, am I saying that right here, right now, I'm, I'm the best I've ever been. I'm better than I was because I'm trying to be better than I was and taking those steps is, is huge. And that's, you know, something that even before, you know, doing therapy, you know, I, I recently had to stop, but, um, because of some other things that had happened, but it, it, even before that, I was going through a situation where I, I, things were happening and I made a point of stopping and having conversations with that person because of the lessons I learned. And then trying to put boundaries and and say that I wasn't going to let myself go through the same things that have happened in the past. And then eventually getting to a point where I realized I was letting myself have those things happen to me again and be treated that same way and having to walk away from a situation because as much as I cared, I was putting myself into that same situation all over again. So for that, I think I've grown and that's a huge part of the reason why I don't, I I don't assign a scenario to Mm -hmm. the ideal anymore. And I, I more take it to the emotional place of this is, this is what I want for myself. And this is what I want from somebody who's going to walk that path with me, you know, and, and will it happen? Who the fuck knows? <laughs> Do I, am I hopeful about it? Not especially. I feel the same. It's what I like. You never fucking know. It's a, it's a, it's a tightrope. It is, it is a tightrope of like, I'm going to do this for me. But like, also like, you don't want to be abrasive and be like, bitch, I don't need you. (laughs) But 
But I know, I get it. it it's it's a it's a tightrope you have to walk, especially when you're piling on like stuff for your future goals, like personal goals. You know your 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 motivation for those goals. It can get exhausting. It can it can it can completely burn you out. And sometimes it's just easier just to like look across the bar and be like, you know what you know you know what I really want over here is to find out where that dude got those cheese sticks because that looks really good right. Now. <laughs> those cheese sticks look like the partner I need in this moment. So yeah, it's no, I I completely get it. It's it's. Sometimes you're hopeful, you know, sometimes you're not, and, and you just have to work on yourself. You just have to get, you have to get to your version of happy, you know, um, or your version of acceptance with your own future. It's, you know, it's, it's definitely, it's, it's a task. It's a task. And yeah. a half. So yeah. no, it was beautiful. That was beautiful. Thank you for sharing. I was like, not, not me going from sentimental to self-deprecating humor. All of the person. <laughs> A 20 minute diatribe. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> not us. So I'm telling you, I couldn't I could not write these stories and perform them any better than I do on this <laughs> right? podcast when I just speak off the cuff. Because none of this is scripted. <laughs> but God help me. Like I could only like I sit there yesterday, I think it was. I was like, you know what? Or maybe two days ago. I'm like I really should just start a fucking story time on TikTok. Get on there with all the kids. You should. And just start, it, like, but I could never tell, like, that That whole thing, <laughs> that last 20 minutes would be amazing. With that right at the end, that that just punched. <laughs> am I, am I couldn't do it any better no. than I just did it there. <laughs> and I would just, I wouldn't, it just would not feel the same. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> All the best just, materials here on the podcast. <laughs> but I like how, like you, I like how you gave, and you're sitting there, and like, and I'm just like, oh my god, I did it! I got it! I got, I got the goods! I got the, I got the, I could see the the love, like all the things he wants to get out, like the personal stuff, and then, and then, like, I'm like, I just want somebody to torture to torture my friends with. <laughs> I just I want a partner in crime and like and I somebody asked me that one time like like for a future boyfriend or husband and I'm like partner in crime and they're like like pranks or actual crime and the look on my face they said the look on my face was the most terrifying thing I can't replicate it but I just said yes and they were like that's no no that's not I'm like yes more crime, more gay. Like, and, um, you, have you have you ever heard of Romanovsky and Phillips? Yes, the gay musical <laughs> duo from like the the late eighties, early nineties. As soon as you say partner in crime, it takes me back to one of the interludes um, where uh, I, I I don't remember which is which because I, I only there's one recording and it's a live recording uh, of them doing their songs. They do these interludes and like kind of set up the songs. And one is um, uh, talking about how how his mother couldn't say the word gay. Like, she would come up with all these euphemisms. And he was like, one time she signed uh, a card with love to you and your partner in crime. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's, for the youngins out there, Romanovsky and Phillips. We'll have to, VJ does a lot of the social posting. I'm going to have to uh, send you some, some YouTube links. One, to listen to if you haven't listened to, and then two, to put up for our, our listeners to enjoy. Um, but it is, it's, they're fantastic. 
<laughs> but yeah, so um, but yeah, just for everybody out there, like who who has these weird or I'd say I don't say you might be able to obtain them depending on your situation, but the future is never written in stone. It, we all have our own things that we've been taught that we have to do. No, you don't. You don't got to do shit. Yeah, you, you don't got to do nothing. You. Yeah, I mean, as you can see out there in the world, Republicans do whatever the fuck they feel like, regardless of whether it's decent, kind, or, you know, just weird. Uh, so, like, the takeaway from, from all this in this episode I just have for everybody is just your your future is what you make it. Your goals are valid. Your feelings on your future are valid. Um, and just get out there and, like, try to be better than you were yesterday. That's, that's, that's my, that's my thing. And that's semi my goal for my life and my future is just to try to be a little better than yesterday. Sometimes I set the bar really low. Sometimes I set the bar really high. Um, but like I said, I just try to, to, to do better, um, by the people I care about and occasionally the podcast listeners. So (laughs) (laughs) every so often. Uh, no, absolutely. And, and it, it's funny because th- this uh, part of the reason why we, we don't usually do two person episodes is because it ends up just, you know, I, I like to hide behind other people being able to answer questions too. And, and this just <laughs> felt like a damn straight out uh, interview session, which is weird because usually I'm the one, uh, you know, in the quote unquote interviewer chair. So, <laughs> uh, but I do appreciate you putting this topic together for the show, BJ. Dear listeners, uh, if you enjoyed this episode and maybe you have some suggestions on topics for a now that's what I call gay life uh, that you would want to hear discussed with, uh, you know, BJ, myself or, or, you know, just in general, uh, maybe the B team that uh, BJ is going to come up with <laughs> to do some of these, um, you know, I just let us know in the comments, email us. You can find all of the ways to get in touch with us. Our socials, our emails, all that is on our website, flameonshow.com. Again, uh, to circle back to our Patreon again, thank you to every single member that is uh, subscribed to the Patreon. All of our patrons are fantastic. We love you and, and appreciate your support and your continued support throughout all of this. Um, we're going to get everything up to date sooner rather than later. That's going to be my focus over the next couple of weeks. And um, you can join our Patreon at any of the four levels that are available. Our house level is um, our top tier, where you can also become a guest co-host on one of our Roundup episodes. Joel has been the only one who's taken me up on that so far. Uh, Some of the other house members are just there being supportive, which that is your prerogative. Nobody is forced to come onto the show. Um, But if you're out there and you're like, hey, I want to jump on and and join the, the, the topics, by all means, become a house member. Come on. And as if you've been listening, you know that Joel's been on a couple of different episodes, both uh, Drag Race and our, our regular episodes. So, um, yeah, check out the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash flame on show. And uh, the flame on show.com website has links to that as well as our, our threadless shop where you can get your own flame on swag. With that being said, dear listeners, thank you to BJ for this topic and, and leading the conversation on on this. Thank you to all of you out there listening and supporting us, even just by uh, tuning in on a biweekly uh, 
pattern. And uh, yeah, until we meet again in two weeks for our roundup episode, Bobby Itch. Do crime. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.